Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. A man sits opposite another man, as he has done many times before, in offices with panoramic views, private jets, and now in an oak panel dining room. He riffs on a familiar spiel. And what did God say after he created us in his image? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subjugate it and rule over the fish, the birds, and every living thing that creeps on the earth. Basically, down here we're in charge. That's what we're designed to do, right? It's what makes us who we are. Evolutionary biology tells us the exact same thing. So, we might be experiencing some adverse weather right now, but does that mean it's the end of days? Hmm? We've had pestilence and war. Is Judgment Day coming? But you know what? I think this is an opportunity. I think we can pick our own chosen ones. And if we do this right, we can make ourselves a paradise right here on Earth. Or even better, on Mars. The system. Five methods for overcoming mortality. Method three. Find a god and pray. Outside the travel lodge, a young man sits in his car, staring at his phone. On the screen, a symbol. A dot in a circle. Some people call it a circumpunct. I click on it. The dot spirals out and a voice starts talking. Welcome, Jake. Let the journey begin. Half an hour later, I'm outside a pub in Soho watching the last drunken stragglers spill out. And there he is. Pierced nose, tattoos, red mullet. I put my head down and follow him at a casual distance, swaying like a drunk dude crosses the road, turns left, and then off down a dark alleyway. As I get closer, I realise he's stopped. Why don't you going to ask me for a green lady? Where's Maya? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I'm not playing your stupid game, right? I grab his jacket, twist it up under his chin. Tell me where she is. I know, I know that she's safe, but I don't know where, and it's better if you don't either. They'll be desperate to get her back, and that means they'll be tracking your every move. I let him go. Look around. There's no cameras. So I come down here. Probably just looks like you're doing a drug deal, isn't it? Or uh, a bit of old school cruising, something like that. Who are you? Friend of Coyotes. He presses a bit of paper into my hand. I'll go out first. He leans into my ear as he passes. And, um... <clears throat> you know, if anyone asks it, uh... What a moment of madness. Nine and a half miles to the west and five hours later, a woman asleep in a battered old armchair. A sudden sound hits her eardrum, firing up the neurons in her brainstem. Her eyes flick open. It takes a few seconds to process where I am. My knees killing me something heavy in my hand. My eyes focused on the wall in front of me. A big map. Countries highlighted. Britain, New Zealand, Canada. Plus photos of a whole bunch of powerful men. The Sunday Times dick list. And then I realised something. Someone standing in the doorway. Morning. A woman. 60-ish. Long grey hair. Looks like she should be selling crystals at Glastonbury. I notice I'm pointing a gun at her. If you're going to shoot me, can you at least aim for my head? You just get me in the stomach at that angle and that would be really messy. I point to the map. What is this? Listen, love, I will tell you, but right now we need to get a move on. She pulls a flask out of the bag she's carrying. 
so can you please stop pointing that gun at me, okay? Have a slurp of tea and put these coals on. 20 minutes later, I'm in the passenger seat of her Volvo in a tracksuit and a beanie. Smells of Labradors and incense. Where are we going? Somewhere safe. Can't you just tell me? Are you hungry? You must be starving. How do I know you're not going to take me somewhere and execute me? You're the one with the gun, love. How do I know it's real? How do I know you're real? How do I know you're real? If you don't start telling me what's going on, I swear I will open that door and I will jump out. Very dramatic, aren't you? I unclip my seatbelt and grab the door handle. (laughs) Matt Finch likes to call them the elect. What? The men on that chart thingy. The elect? Yeah, like the chosen ones in the Bible. Chosen for what? Uh, Eternal wealth, health and happiness, super bunkers, cryogenics, uh, consciousness uploading, first dibs on Mars, all the usual shit. Are they the ones trying to kill me? Well, just Matt Finch. The rest of them don't even know you exist. Why would Matt Finch want to kill me? Oh, come on. What? You ruined his go up being president. Me? Yeah, what's up? What, are you saying that you didn't upload the video of him consorting with terrorists? I thought it was a deep fake. There's no point lying. Coyote told me it was you, just like he told Matt Finch. She gestures to a Tupperware in the back seat. There's some flapjacks back there if you fancy one. Hungry. Were you getting a lot of online abuse by any chance from anonymous accounts? Yeah. Well, he'll, he'll have been behind some of that. A few troll farms running, stirring up hate online in the manosphere. There's a load of sad, lonely young lads primed to hate someone like you. You were pushed and pushed until you snapped. Then you were gagged and trapped, yeah? He got you exactly where he wanted you, Maya. You couldn't get work. You got kicked out of your house. You think that was him? He'll do whatever it takes with all the money and toys and minions at his disposal. Wait, so so everything that's been going on, everything, it's all him? You beat him, and he hates to lose. It's not a game. Well, that's the way he sees the world. Wins and losses, ones and zeros. Well, he's done it. He has done it. He has won. So what am I supposed to do now? Well, if I were you... Yeah? I'd have a flapjack. Oh. I reach back and grab the box. Mm. She reaches into the glove box, overflowing with crap, and passes me an iPhone with a cracked screen. Right then, now... I need you to do something. 15 miles east and three hours later, he's standing outside a shop front in Soho, written in red letters on the sign, The Wild Side. I tried Carly when I woke up, but she didn't answer. Then I just stared at the bit of paper Red Mullet gave me, an address and a time. And at the bottom, he'd written the words, Time to let the life in, and three kisses. I step inside the shop. The wall is covered with pictures of patterns inked onto flesh. A tattoo parlour. A receptionist with a forked tongue points me through a red door at the back. And there he is, sitting on a swivel stool wearing an apron and black gloves. In the light, I can see the tattoos on his face. From the corner of his eye, green vines twist out, snaking up towards his temple. So you're one of them. One of what? You know what I'm saying, one of those... Hmm? Go on. Eco mob. Well, karate. Children of green men. Yeah, yeah. I've taken a vow. <laughs> to do what? To make the earth sacred again. What about you? What about me? What have you sworn your life to? Protecting my country. Hmm. Keeping people safe. <gasps> By shoveling little kids in the back of a truck. <laughs> oh, 
so this is uh, that's what this is. You're trying to recruit me. This is, this is just a consultation, mate. As you can see, I offer a range of designs. No, no, I'm, I'm not really into tattoos, mate. I thought you might have to cover up that brand of yours. Hmm. I changed code into something pretty sick, actually. What? Huehue Coyotl, the Aztec Coyote God. I could do one for you. A dingo, maybe. Or a, a Vectorverse logo. Oh, I know. Matt Finch, naked on a horse. How's about that? <laughs> what happened to Coyote? Well, after you watched them bundle him into the back of a van. Listen, I, I, tried, I tried to stop him. Finch kept him tucked away for a while, but he managed to get out and hooked up with us. Finch didn't like that, so he pulled some strings. And what does Finch know about us? Nothing about you. But he knows that Maya uploaded the footage. That's why he's after her. He reaches for his phone, plays a video. Hi, Jake. It's proof of lifetime. All limbs intact, see? I've had a flapjack and I'm going to a mystery location. So, now to be there's something weird going on, you dick. Okay, bye. I'm not joining your call. Fine. And I'm not going to get a stupid tattoo or glue myself to a motorway. <laughs> See that? I don't want you to. He inches the stool towards me. But wouldn't you like that feeling to go away? What feeling? You know, that gnawing in your stomach. Keeps you awake at night, makes your heart pound. <laughs> I don't know what you're on about. Well, sometimes rises up and makes you pass out in the children's furniture section. He leans in close to me. Maybe you've convinced yourself that you're not worried for your own sake. It's not very manly, I know, but what about your kid? What's the world going to look like when they're your age? Is it going to be too late? Hotter and hotter every year. Uninhabitable south of the equator, millions displaced. Not enough food to go round. Chaos so bad there can never be enough police or soldiers to contain it. And your kid will say, what did you do, Dad? What did you do before it was too late? Or... Maybe. What? Well, we can do something about it. Yeah, like what? Actually, that's the beauty of it, Jake. I'm not asking you to do anything. Literally... nothing. 100 miles west. An ancient car slows down as it reaches gridlock traffic. <sighs> Come on, then. What? Let's have it. Have what? Your story. What would the Daily Mail angle be? Uh, how did this privately educated Oxford high flyer become a wool karate, eco-terrorist, dropout delivery druggie? Something I'm not like a that. I'm not a druggie. I know. I was being the Daily Mail. Or what about Good Morning Britain? I've seen the clips. But seriously though, Maya, do you really think inciting violence is going to help your cause? It's hard to get people to pay attention, okay? Alright, no one listens if you're all doomy and boring and worthy. So it became my thing to try and be funny and irreverent and, well, yeah, a tiny bit shocking. Guess more eyeballs, more clicks, likes, shares. So I started saying more and more extreme things. And then someone tweeted that billionaires produce a million times more carbon than the average person. And it was the same day that one of them. Oh, I can't even, I can't even remember which. One of them launched another rocket. Did you know that a single space flight produces as much carbon as the average person in their entire lifetime? Yes, love. I'd been drinking. Maybe I'd taken something. I'd definitely taken something. So I just replied to the tweet. New idea for carbon capture. 
kidnap a billionaire and bury him alive in the woods. What's leaving that for funny? Well, you were addicted. To what? Feeding that hungry little mouth inside. What mouth? The little Pac-Man trapped at the back of your throat, gobbling up hits and likes and shares. Drink, drugs, Pringles, meat feast pizzas, random hookups, season five or whatever it is, a new summer wardrobe, an endless stream of tiny little dopamine hits to keep you in that sweet spot of zombified numbness where you don't have to feel or think or notice what's really going on. It's a living death. Whereas you can have another handful of mung beans and double up on your HRT patches and carry on being a self-righteous old bitch. Yeah? Sorry, that was... Actually, do you know what? How even are you? Finally. She asked me a question about me. Well, my name's Wendy and I was born in Manchester in 1962. I went to school. I went to Oxford. Oh, what? You PhD in biology. Academia. Husband. Kid. Left academia. Left husband. Went off grid. The end. You got a PhD in biology from Oxford? Plant science. I just thought you were a massive hippie. Well, that as well. I agreed with what you said, by the way. When? In your tweet. All this woke mind virus bullshit. It's billionaires that are the real virus. They extract and consume and destroy from nature and from the rest of us. We need to strengthen our defences against them. She looks over to me and smiles. And then we need to attack. So, come on, how much do you actually know about your boss's business? Technology, security and media for the 21st century and beyond. Mm. What about the residential communities? Big houses, golf courses, tennis clubs. With yeah. big fences to keep out the jealous pros. Yeah, people want to feel safe. Well, now it's kicked up again, hasn't it? Razor wire, ex-Navy SEALs and 24-hour security. Solar arrays, wind turbines, and it's been absolutely raking it in. People are worried. Because a storm is coming, and he puts his bunkers in the places best positioned to weather it. New Zealand, Canada, now the big one, Fortress Britain. Huh. Why restrict yourself to a city when you can have a whole island? It's ridiculous. It's surrounded by water. It's temperate. And best of all, it is desperate. On its knees, the rains pop out its dentures for the highest bidder. <laughs> Jesus. Have you noticed all the investment flowing in, though? Oil licences, transport, free ports, border security. Ain't that a good thing? The whole country's being sold off chunk by chunk, Jake. They've got us in their pockets. I'm not saying it's about to stage a coup anytime soon, but... You've got to admit, he's definitely putting him in a position where, if necessary, they could be ready to pull the levers. It's just a conspiracy theory, mate. This country is still a democracy. We've got oven-ready feudalism, babes. Castles, private estates, hunting, fishing. You can live like a lord. You can actually be a lord. <laughs> and in a couple of decades, yeah. the climate... I mean, it's going to be like Spain. And then, in case things go really mental, they're all poisoned ready to go full medieval. I mean, Game of Thrones time. And who's going to be on the Iron Throne, eh? One guess, Lord Matt of House Finch with drones instead of dragons. <laughs> You're good. You're really good. That was a nice line. Thank you. But this, this is paranoid bullshit. It's already happening. Do you know how much of Scotland has been bought up by foreign billionaires in the last couple of years? Hmm? They're shoring themselves up. Hoarding more and more and more. Since 2020, the richest 1% have captured two-thirds of new wealth. Yeah, because that's what they whilst do. Whilst undermining democracy, using their media platforms to control the narrative, blaming everything on made-up bad guys, the woke-arati, the eco-mob, migrants. And now, 
stopping people from even protesting. I stand up. Look, if you don't believe me, believe Coyote. Uh, he was always full of it too. Always? Or did he sometimes see what no one else did? And don't you owe him this? To at least consider that it might be true. Is it you like a brother to him? Oh, listen, yes, I get it. I should feel guilty. I do feel guilty. But I still don't understand what you're asking me to do. I'm just a cog in the machine. Exactly. And the machine only works if every little cog does its thing. I just stand there, my hand resting on the door handle. Go back to your life. Make it up with Carly. Tell her she was right, you have been feeling stressed. Make an appointment with the therapist she told you about. He leans into my ear. And just think about what kind of world you want the kids to live in. Hmm. I'll be in touch. I turn back to look at him. And in the branch coming out of his eye, I see there's a tiny red bird. Hundreds of miles away, a car is crossing a threshold, a boundary between civilization and something else. I must have fallen asleep. When I wake up, it's dark. We're driving down a track through dense woodland. Where are we? A nice bit of friendly wilderness. She pulls the car over. Right. We have to walk from here. We get out. I can see the shadows of trees all around. She stomps off into the darkness. Have you got a torch? I don't need a torch. I can't see anything. It's a clear night. Look at those stars. Look at that moon. It's almost full. There's no light pollution out here. I try to keep up with her as she keeps talking. We don't get enough darkness these days. All that blue light from your phone. We're all chronically overstimulated. You know, you can't produce melatonin properly without darkness. Seeds can't germinate. It's essential. It's an essential part of every being cycle. You know, some downtime to regenerate and heal and then be reborn into the light and the miracle of a new day. It's a beautiful thing when you think about it. I can hear something. A drumbeat and a low hum of voices. The glow of a fire down below. What is this? This is where egos come to die. My eyes adjust as we make our way down into the valley. In the moonlight, there's a series of mud huts. Like little hobbit houses. Who made these? I did mostly. What? You? You built them yourself? Beach the shit out of Zumba. Use it or lose it. They come to the big roundhouse. Outside, there's a sign. It says, other gods are available. Is this a cult? Nope. She gestures to a cushion. Sit down. Inside the roof of the roundhouse, there are images. The green man, the horned god, the circle with the dot in the middle. Some sort of dog thing. What are the symbols? To remind us of what? Christianity is a blip. It's been animism for millennia. Eh? We're not as special as we think we are. She wraps a blanket around my shoulders as she talks. I'm pretty sure I'm special. Yeah, if you think of everything that needs to happen, all the random chance occurrences, all the things that need to line up to bring you to life, then, yeah, you're pretty special. Thank you. But so is that tree. So is that fly. 
saw all the trillions of bacteria crawling around inside you. Hmm, I kind of feel like I'm more special. See if you feel that way by sunrise. She passes me a wooden bowl. It's time to rewild your mind. It smells disgusting. <gasps> Is this ayahuasca? <gasps> I've always wanted to do this. Shh, be a good girl now and take your medicine. I tip it back. Oh, oh my God, that's gross. She lies me down and sings softly. Some people in masks move around above my head. The drum beats. And at first, I feel nothing. Then the puking, over and over again. And then, things start to shift. Shimmering threads of light appear in the darkness. Glowing seeds of sunlight moving along luminous capillaries. One vast network of energy... Everything connecting to everything else. What can you see? Yeah. Um, it's kind of... Kind of trip 101, to be honest. She shushes me again, lies me back down. Shh. Okay. Close your eyes now. I lie back for a second, sinking into the cushion. Then a voice is saying, Maya, Maya, Maya. I sit bolt upright. I'm on a cushion in a circle, but not in the woods. It's a raised platform on a beach, a fancy resort, skyscrapers, super yachts. Suddenly I know where I am. I'm having brunch, bottomless brunch in Dubai with a group of women. It's a Hindu. It's my Hindu. I'm wearing a veil and a tiara. I turn to the hen next to me and whisper, who am I getting married to? She laughs. Everyone laughs. Someone raises a glass. We've all had our nails done and they're so long and pointy that I can barely pick up my flute of Prosecco. One of the other hens is showing off her Botox, letting everyone touch her frozen forehead. She's saying, what's really great is that because you can't move your face, you actually start to feel less emotion. There's a ping sound. A dumbwaiter in the corner opens and a butler brings over a suckling pig with an apple in its mouth. All the hens fall on it, tearing the flesh with their painted talons, their chins running with fat and blood. The dumbwaiter is still open, so I throw myself inside as the doors slide shut and it starts to go down, dropping faster and faster into freefall. I'm pinned to the roof, screaming, and then it stops. The doors open and I tumble out into a vast strip-lit industrial kitchen. It's a labyrinth of squealing, caged animals, pigs, chickens, goats, and then children, ragged and starving, reaching towards me with bony fingers. Finally, I see a glowing red exit sign. I push through the doors and find myself at the back of a church. My dad's there, in a morning suit. He takes me by the arm and says, Finally... Time for your fairy tale ending, princess. He pulls the veil down over my face so I can't really see properly and starts leading me down the aisle. But instead of here comes the bride, they're playing going, going, gone. We reach the groom, but through the veil, he's just a shadow. Slowly, he starts to lift the veil. A strong jaw, gleaming white teeth. Of course. It's Matt Finch, and he's leaning in to kiss me, mouth wide open. And I can see at the back of his throat, instead of that dangly bit, there's a little Pac-Man with his hungry mouth chomping over and over. I back away and I'm running, running down the aisle. And I push open the doors and I'm in the woods. The actual woods I'm in right now. 
The sun has come up. It's high in the sky. The rays of sunlight are streaming into the leaves and transforming into glowing, juicy apples. I pick one from a branch and take a bite, and it's the most delicious thing I have ever tasted. Like warmth spreading through my body, like love filling me. And I'm so full, I need to lie down. And the forest floor looks so inviting, like it's waiting to hold me, to spoon me. And the grass and leaves are so soft and warm and tingly. I feel my whole body relax like I'm melting into the ground. And then I realize that I actually am melting into the ground. My body is decomposing. And every part of me, the flesh of my legs, my pelvis, and all my organs are dissolving into the earth and getting sucked up by the roots of the trees. And then I feel leaves and tendrils twisting up out through my eyes and mouth. My brainstem is a small tree and I am spreading, spreading, expanding across the whole of the earth, the whole of the living world. And when I look up, I see Wendy's face. I'm lying in her lap and she's saying, All right, love. And then I lean over and puke into the grass. In the end, I do exactly what Mullet Boy tells me. I make an appointment with the therapist Carly recommended. It's awkward. I hate talking about myself. And then I tell her about the baby and I start crying like a valve's been opened. I can't stop. It's kind of embarrassing. But obviously she's used to it. And then I sleep. Better than I've slept in weeks. I wake up the next morning... The sun is shining, I go into the back garden, I crouch down and lift up the corner of the fake grass, I pull hard and it yanks away. A week later, in the roundhouse. There's someone here for you. What? Who? My son. Your son? Yeah. You've met him before. I hope you know what you're doing. He is poised over me, the needle in his hand. I'm very highly sought after. Why do you work in a bar? For the chat. Now close your eyes and stop talking. He leans in. The needle approaches the corner of my eye. Hours later, I'm standing in the circle, taking my vows. When it's over, Robin comes up to me. All right, babes, you're coming with me. Where? Practice. Practicing what? You'll see. Bring your gun. At work, I'm called into the office. For a second, I think I'm in trouble. You're being redeployed. It's a promotion, actually. Right, where to? Security detail. For who? The big man. Matt Finch? Yeah. Unless you have a problem with that. Jake? Got anything to say? No, nothing. Nothing at all. Meanwhile, in the alternative reality of a hero's journey, the stakes just got raised. Gameplay is paused, and all the players receive the same message. Attention, all heroes. We have our elite players. It is time for the final round. The Grail Code is in sight. Let the hunt begin. Thank you for listening. 
And don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.